Welcome to Coach Aria's podcast, Coach to Lead. So welcome, everybody. I am Leon, Leon Vanderpoel, and I am the founder and the director of the Center for Transformational Coaching. What I do, in essence, is support transformative growth through coaching. And I've developed a, a, a process or coaching approach called deep coaching, which really is intended to help people get down to the essence of who they are, kind of at the core of being. And interestingly, it ties in perfectly with what we are here to talk about today when we talk about authentic leadership. So that's just a snippet of who I am. If you'd like to know more, please do visit the Center for Transformational Coaching on our, on our website. Ashu, would you like to share a little about yourself? My name is Ashu Khanna. I'm the founder and CEO of uh, Arca Leadership. The vision of Arca Leadership is to develop authentic leaders in the world. And that's really what I've stepped up for. I've worked as a leadership coach for 14 years and have now collaborated with many coaches, HR leaders, and like-minded people who are championing authenticity and authentic leadership to make a difference in the, to really change or awaken the world to this way of living. So here's, uh, and to know more about us, uh, you can, of course, about Arca Leadership. There is a website on arcaleadership.com as well as uh, my own as, uh, as Ashu Khanna, always. So on to Leon now from here. Yeah. I just want to let everybody know I've known Ashu for many years now as well. So I'm really honored to be able to have this conversation with her. Ashu and I actually have conversations around authentic leadership all the time lately because of what she's initiating in ARC and how the center is supporting ARCA's work. So it's really nice to be able to share some of this with all of you. We're going to uh, talk about authentic leadership and, and we're taking it primarily from the perspective that most of you are coaches. So we're kind of going on this assumption that they're, that you're coaches and you have an interest in how as a coach, you can awaken authentic leadership, both in yourself and in others. So that's kind of the, 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 the broader uh, picture that we're looking at. Ashley, maybe you can share just a little bit of the context, like sort of why, why this is interesting for us. Why even we, why did we even initiate this? Okay. So as you see, Leon and I will keep flipping between one to the other, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yes, uh, I, you know, had, having had the privilege of having known each other for so long, I think we can pretty much manage it like that between us. <laughs> uh, so here's, uh, you know, the, and it's this trust, and I think it's really that it's that trust which speaks between the two of us is what authenticity for me is really all about. Um, and the reason we've really picked, chosen this topic today is there is a deep need for trust in, especially in this COVID and post COVID, there was always a trust deficit. I think it's come into our faces in a huge way with the pandemic, with people working from home, with people facing uh, so many unknowns, Having the, for any leader, having the ability to establish trust, keep trust and communicate with trust, I think authenticity is really where it becomes the crying need uh, in the world today. And that's what has prompted us to pick this topic. So we're going to proceed through this conversation today 
exploring three uh, core questions related to awakening authentic leadership. And the first question is, what does authenticity mean? Because there are different images and understandings of what authenticity means. And not just as it relates to leadership, but just that core question, what does it mean? So that's the first question we're going to explore. The second question is, then how are we uh, supporting, I know, how can we as coaches support this authentic leadership in others? So again, it kind of comes down to the why that we're doing this. Why is this important for us as individuals? And why is this something that we see as a, as a real need as Ashley was talking to in organizational life? So the third question then is really a how question. So how then do we do that? How do we coach to authentic leadership? What, what is it that we as coaches can do to facilitate greater authenticity or at least awareness of authenticity in those that we are coaching and supporting? So those are the three questions. What does authenticity mean? So why as coaches are we supporting this awakening? And how do we do that? Okay. So we thought that we could start by actually kind of offering you an opportunity to share just a little bit of your understanding too around the first question. So there's a chat function available to you. If you are able to open that up and to respond to everybody, I would just love you to take a minute to write your thoughts down to the question, what does authenticity mean? Like when you think about that question, what, what does that mean? Okay, we've got an answer, first answer rolling in, honestly. Great. Great, there's gonna be a lot of images coming in. So yeah, feel free to kind of put in your thoughts around this. See, so acting true to your values, able to create trust, being in your truth, Congruence, aware of our values, and moving yep. from that center, truthful and transparent. Truthful, transparent, putting down the arm or the shields. So maybe Ashley, maybe you can so, just continue yeah. and you share, you know, your images and understanding of of yeah, authenticity. So, yeah. Uh, lots of, uh, you know, thank you. There's just been so much sharing, and it's. Uh, I'll share with a little from my journey of when I started my journey of transformation. And uh, actually the first word honesty that came up is what I related to myself as a very honest person. Uh, however, what I did not know then was there was a fine line, not even a fine line, sorry. There was a very big line <laughs> between be honestly expressing my opinion and being honest with myself. And mm -hmm. That was, uh, I don't know whether I should call it a rude awakening or I should call it, but uh, fact was that insight was really something that changed uh, how I engaged. It changed my relationship with the world because my biggest uh, reason for walking down the path of transformation was I was tired of getting hurt. I was just tired of feeling hurt in relationships. I had an abundance of relationships. I had lots of beautiful relationships, but either I would hurt people or get hurt myself. So it was hurting others was possibly just in reaction to getting feeling hurt myself. And wanting to break out of that cycle, the question that really came to me was, what am I up to and what do I want? And that's when I really started understanding that 
honestly expressing my opinion was all about my ego. Was my opinion needed? Maybe not. And uh, not even maybe not, actually not. <laughs> and, uh, you know, speaking with relevance is, I think, the hardest discipline. So I reveled in the fact that I had an opinion. I reveled in the fact that I was a chatterbox. I reveled in the fact that I uh, could engage with people. But uh, was I making a difference? Was I contributing? Was I relevant? Was what I was saying, was it of any value? And that is really what set me thinking on okay, then how do I know when to speak, when not to speak, how to speak, what to speak? It's been the most, uh, and it continues to be, because you see, I mean, one literally is engaging with new people every day. And that's what fascinates me the most about being a coach. You'd never, never, never get bored because there's already always somebody new in front of you. And uh, so learning to really so if i had to really put authenticity in there is no gap between how i feel think speak act all of that so there's a certain level of transparency or trust or predictability and when i'm saying something i mean it people know they are getting it and they know what she's speaking she means so there is no gap and the fact that there's no gap is what has really changed the uh, the whole relationships that I have today in my life. Uh, so here, you know, Leon, I'm going to just share, like I was sharing with you the example. I was having a conversation with a, a stakeholder for a client and he had to give stakeholder feedback. And he gave me some feedback very, very politely. Uh, he kept giving me the very corporate feedback. And after 15 minutes of listening to him, I, I said, okay, now you've been very politically correct. If I could request you to be a little direct, what would you say? <laughs> Such that the con this feedback is really meaningful for the coachee. And, you know, he really smiled. And then he narrowed it down to that, what I really needed. Uh, he says, if there's one thing this gentlemen who I'm coaching can do, this is it. And I think it is the ability to bring that, uh, it's fascinating how people, when there is trust, are comfortable being authentic and honest. Really honest means expressing their true self without fear or without a hidden agenda. And that's what really, for me, authenticity is really a lot about. Over to you, Leon, and then we'll see how this goes. Thank you. That was great. Thank you. I will share a different image of authenticity. And those who are familiar with my, my work will understand sort of where I'm coming from when I, when I speak about this. When I think of you know, authenticity, uh, I, I think of it as that part of myself that is you know, my non-ego self. That, that uh, that authentic, real kind of essence of me. And I, I use the option, I use the word awakenings as we used it in the title of this uh, webinar, awakening authentic leadership. Because for me, awakening is this, is this onset of this recognition that there's more to who I am 
and to the way life is than perhaps I have been taught or that I have even ever known before. And as I awaken, I begin to recognize that I have constructed this egoic self-identity. And it has so many layers and it is so subtle sometimes in the way that it shows up. But it serves to, serves to, to, sh to kind of put myself out into the world in a certain way so that the world perceives me in a certain way that is satisfying to that, that ego sense of self that gives me a sense of worth because of the way the world perceives me or a sense of safety because of the world, the way it responds to me, or that the world then gives me a sense of my worth and value. So when I start to peel that away, when I start to really look at those many, many cultivated layers of my egoic sense of self, then I start to get into, well, then there's something there that is not that, that is essential, that is real, that is meaningful. And that is, that is who I am. And I've come to see then that, and that this idea of being my authentic self is not just being me. You know, that we hear this being me. I'm, I'm just being myself. You know, I was going to share, Ashley, this, this uh, I mentioned this before, Marshall Goldsmith. I don't know if you all know him. He's got a book, an author. He's, he's got a book called What Got You Here Won't Get You There. And it lays out 20 habits that uh, most people, executive leaders are blind to. So it's kind of uh, based on this idea that I've been successful based on this way of operating and therefore I will be successful. So what got me here will get, you there, get me there, but his book is what got me here won't. So one of his habits is, is termed an excessive need to be me. And it's when people have come to use this hey, I'm just being me as a kind of excuse for behaviors, even positive as well as negative behaviors, kind of like, hey, that's just me, deal with it kind of thing. Um, and he talks about how people can be, and you mentioned this too, Ashu, like always expressing their opinion. And it's like, no matter how hurtful or, you know, as you said, non-contributory that opinion may be, but they're exercising their right to be me. And what he says is that, you know, this can make a virtue out of our flaws simply because we think that's me. But for me, that's not what it means to be authentic or to even know myself at a, at a core or authentic level. It's not just being me, which is not just that I'm being forthright or that I'm just sharing my opinion, no matter what that opinion is. And, and you know, it's not just solely say, the passion and commitment that people have for what they say or do, because I've started to notice that, and you folks will notice this too, that so much human behavior is passionately motivated by fear and by the ego. So if we're saying that passion and motivation or commitment is a sign of authenticity, it's not necessarily, because where is that coming from within you or within that person? And if there's fear there, then we know that, there's something based in our egoic sense of self that's motivating us. So, and, and for me, authenticity, it's also more than like, if someone really believes in what they say, or if they're acting in a way that is consistent with their beliefs to say that that's authenticity is challenging because if you think about it, that then can justify horrendous acts of violence and aggression. 
just as much as it justifies acts of kindness and caring, because if the person is simply believing something and then acting consistently with their beliefs, if we say that's authentic behavior, then how, then we, then I said that just justifies the most egregious acts that human beings. So we have to be really aware. So what does that really mean then to be authentic? You know, an inauthentic person can equally stand up and say what they truly believe. So this is why I always say for myself, authenticity is, is recognizing the reality of ourself at a core level of mind and being. So beyond, Ashu, all those, those egoic images and beliefs that have kind of made a home in my mind and that have come to define who I think that I am or what I think I believe. So coming into authenticity is not just being me, it's, it's kind of a journey a journey of peeling away all of that and really getting to that essential core. You know, Leon, when you speak here about that thing that we, you know, that feeling of we've come to believe this is who I am. And I think this peeling away is such a, such an ongoing journey because one discovers, oh, you suddenly think, oh, I've come to that, this is me now. And suddenly you discover there's yet another layer. There's yet mm. another layer. Uh, and as scenarios get more complex or change, you discover new facets of yourself, which you possibly did not know existed in you. The inauthentic facets. <laughs> and uh, I think just owning up to that, really just owning up to even being inauthentic is authenticity. Um, so, uh, you know, because there's always something that, and that's the beauty of the unfoldment of the human life, that we keep uh, discovering new facets and unpeeling and delayering. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's that journey that we're talking about as coaches, like if we're going to support the awakening of authentic behavior or, or leadership awareness, it's not just su supporting someone to just say, well, that's me that there is this kind of journey into a place that may never have actually been tapped into, really tapped into before. And we can actually talk about that because that's our second question, actually, Ashu, and for the group as well, is yeah. okay, so the question of sort of, why are we supporting, why are we supporting this? The coaches to awaken authentic leadership in others. So what is that opportunity? Uh, what's the need? And, and perhaps even, yeah, well, we'll talk about the how a bit later, but yeah, just what's that, what's that opportunity? Like, what is this all about? So yeah, the second question that we're, we're just, Ash and I are talking about, so if we get an understanding of what authenticity is, right, and we then say, okay, so we're going to talk to coaches who are interested in supporting this in others. So there's a question around the need, and, and, and then there's also that question around the how. So Ash, would you like to kind of dive into this, talk a little bit about what you're seeing in organizational life? And you've already begun talking to it with the trust piece, but there may be other aspects yeah. to this you want to share too. So who is the best authentic leader you have heard or interacted with? What made you say? So let's come back to that in a bit since we've already dived into the next conversation. And if I had to just expand on vulnerability, uh, mm. because that very much ties in with uh, this conversation as to why authenticity and why are we even talking about it, the trust element or the vulnerability element and what exactly is vulnerability for a leader? 
there's often a lot of uh, it's not about being you know talking all about your emotions and going all boohoo there it's really a, about being okay not knowing it's okay not knowing it's okay asking a question it's okay to uh, you know just listen to another because the very fact any human being takes upon the responsibility of having to know it all i think that itself is frightening for me <laughs> just imagine if you had to know everything my god you'd be like uh, then google you'd be competing with google so that's a bit tough so if one doesn't want to compete with google and say okay google serves its own role what role can i as a human being really serve and i think that what we can really do is perspectives our ability to give um different perspectives our ability to connect dots to see things differently that's the gift we bring to each other uh, whether it's in music in dance there's in art in every field of life we have the capacity to see things and share things differently and that is where i think the curiosity the joy the vulnerability all of that you are always always joyful of just experiencing something new and that is vulnerability and the other thing is i mean i commonly you know often will tell my clients i'll joke when i say come on man you live in a world of 7.x billion people who tells you not to work through with them there is a world out there to ask questions to work with work through i would purely love to uh see how i can work through with many more and not have to do it all so i'll you know here talking about one of my clients um as i was coaching him one of the things that kept coming back repeatedly was his fear of failure and each time we talked about it and he was finding it difficult to really deal with how do i even get past it we talked about acknowledgments we talked about accomplishments and at some point i just asked him i and he kept talking about he's working in an organization which is a really 100 plus year organization with a deep legacy so that prompted me to ask him uh, would you like to leave a legacy of fear or courage mm. and uh, that question was something that struck him so deep uh, that from there on i think for the next month till we didn't connect again he said i kept thinking how can i get past this fear and i i what i suggested there was why do we have to get past it why don't we just accept the fear it's not about denying it it's not about fighting it it's really about accepting i have a fear and then how do i build strategies or manage that fear because that's where it starts first um so that is really where you get into that space of working with leaders about really being authentic they are being authentic to themselves about i have a fear of failure i'm consistently trying to put out this perfect image i don't know how to do it i don't know how to break out of it 
what do I do? And in these times when it's a virtual world, it's even harder because people are not used to building equations virtually. They cannot hide anywhere. They cannot hide their faces. They can't hide their emotions. Everything is happening in front of a screen. Um, there's a minuteness that is coming through. So it is really interesting how uh, COVID is, I think, at some level, making things glare at us. Um, so, you know, and then I, so I'll share another example of, there's a lady who reached out to me. Um, she has really been in a tough space for some years and she wants to reinvent her life. Somehow in the conversations leading up to, or the exchange of WhatsApps leading up to we re, us really talking, I had developed a perception of she's not serious. She had developed a perception that I am difficult. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and the conversation began with that tone, with her telling me I'm not a flake, with me telling her, I don't think you're serious. <laughs> it was, I think, the most offensive, defensive, aggressive conversation. And, uh, you know, when you talk of authenticity, it's like you don't feel right. And that's where I come from. How tuned are you to that feeling within you? you know your energy is out of sync. You know that there's some flutter, some discomfort. Are you willing to own up to it? Some years ago, I would have blamed her and said all her problem on how she handled the call and how she was with me. Uh, I actually, after the call ended, I knew the call had been terrible. And uh, I called back. I called back and I said, you know, uh, I'm, I can't blame you for the call. Uh, the call sucked. I think it's time I owned up and I think let's start afresh. So I said, I came with a filter. So I think let's really start introducing ourselves again and have the conversation again. After 15 minutes, she said, thank you for calling back. I feel as if we've had a human to human connection. And that is really what authenticity does. It brings in that human to human connection where there is no mask, no veneer, no fear, no nothing. You're just two people. You're not a leader and a manager or anything. There's no identification coming in the middle. There's no assumption, no expectations, nothing. It is just two human beings having a very honest conversation, which touches each one's heart, makes a difference. And that is really why I uh, talk about authentic leadership. It shifts, it transforms, it motivates, it uh, creates productivity change. It really does way more than you can imagine. It, it has the uh, impact at the deepest level. So that's my little bit for now. Well, that was really good. No, just I want to build on a couple of things you said. One of the was this, you said, as, as a leader, may I have a fear of failure. And I was realizing from my own experience in organizations, how much fear exists in organizational life, how much people cover up. And you even mentioned that too. You said, you know, they, 
to put out an image or, or what we could call a persona or a mask that has to be worn. In other words, if I don't have this on, like how, how much competition exists in organizational life? How much striving to hit the mark, to make sure that things are done well or on time or up to standards? How much there is to be uh, pe people, pressure, pressure people put on themselves to be seen as something and to demonstrate their worth and their value to the organization, to the peers. So there's, there's a lot of inner, inner stress, inner pressure, inner fear that is going on within, within people. And in organizations where there isn't that human to human piece that you're talking about, all of that just gets pushed away. It becomes kind of irrelevant. The targets matter. The bottom line matters. The KPIs matter. All of this ROI matters. But the humanness can be can be lost. And for me, this is w w what the essence of the conversations as a coach are for me when we try to awaken this in others. And I was thinking, I was thinking of a couple clients. Um, so one client I was working with, just to give you an example of the kind of fear that people carry that that's hidden, that's hidden. He was a very successful con consultant. And he said to me, you know, again, this is authenticity in a coaching context. He's saying to me, you know, I carry in me this core belief that I am not good enough. That belief has been with me since childhood, that I am not good enough and that I have to really, really work hard to make the world see that I'm good enough. So every day I go to work and every day I do everything I humanly possibly can so that people see that I do good work, that I deliver, because I cannot let them know that inside I feel that I'm not good enough. So talk about your masks, right? I mean, that's just, there's this core image of who he is being held that he is going to work every single day, making sure that nobody sees that, that it's hidden from the world. Well, you're not being authentic if these deep down images of yourself are only being revealed in the most intimate places and that you put on this mask or persona and go to work each day so that people won't find out what's really going on in you. So that's a perfect example of just the kind of fears that people carry, but we don't even know they exist and yet they motivate so much behavior. So I've got another client too, as an example, he, he is, um, he, he, he readily admits like he carried the persona for a long time of what he calls, and he labeled this his, as his own persona, as the dynamic business leader persona. That's he said, he said, so I put on this persona and, and he was the CEO of his own organization that he built up, very successful. And he said, you know, what happened is that after many years, people started to expect that this is how I show up. I am the dynamic business leader. And now I get people calling me at all hours of the day, demanding my time, my energy, and I don't want to let them down because I'm the dynamic business leader. This is how I show up in the world. And so I carry again this persona to all the places that I go so that people will see me as this. He's got some other things too going on within all of that. But this is again, just this, this example of like in organizational life, how, how we wear masks. We wear them in life, we wear them in business, but very often these masks to help us be, to be seen as something. 
I want to be seen as. Even coaches do this. I was sitting in a, in a um, coaching supervision call a little while back, and I was just observing it. And the, the coach was visible to us, as was the supervisor. So for those of you who don't know coaching supervision, it's just a way of kind of debriefing the coach on the coach's experience in another session. And the coach was speaking to trust, Ashley, the same thing you were speaking to. The coach was saying, I don't feel that with this client, we have deep trust. I don't feel he's really willing to go to places in himself that I think if we went there would certainly help him grow or develop in the ways that are meaningful. So he shared his story with the coach supervisor. At one point, the coach supervisor said to him at the, when they were debriefing, he said, you see the serious look on your face right now, the seriousness on your face right now. Do you have that same serious look in your coaching conversations? And you kind of, you could see the coach just sat back for a moment. Like, <laughs> I have a serious look on my face. And it's like, yes, you do. You actually have a very serious look. You have this kind of frown right there as you were telling this story. And do you, are you, do you look like that? Do you have this kind of very serious demeanor in your coaching conversations? And the coach said, well, yeah, I think I do. I think I do because, you know, I, I want to be seen as, and here it is, I want to be seen as, you know, the professional coach that delivers results. So I go into my coaching relationships and yeah, I'm, I'm kind of serious. I'm about, I deliver results and this is serious work and we're here to do this work. And so there it is. There's another beautiful example of the persona that now the coach is carrying it and he's carrying it into organizations and sitting with people and wondering why trust isn't flourishing in his relationship. But in his mind, he has to be seen as he has to deliver and he has carried this persona of I'm the guy who does that. When I wear this, I can't wear something else. This is what I have to wear. So he wears that in. Okay. So you see, we're looking for approval. We're looking to be valued. We're looking to feel worthy. We're, we're looking to feel good enough. You know, I, I love that saying that the pathway to authenticity is to become authentic about your own inauthenticities. So I'll say that again. The pathway to authenticity is to become authentic about your own inauthenticities. And that's where the hard work really comes in. Like, do we really really look at ourselves in this way? Do we really seek out our inauthenticities in the world? Not to judge them, not to say they're bad or wrong, but it's the pathway to authenticity. And we have to start to understand ourselves at that level. Like, why do we do what we do? What really motivates our every behavior? You know, I love that story you shared with me years ago, Ashu, around you chasing the MCC credential from ICF. You probably should share a little bit about this with the group because this is just it, right? Like there's this world out there telling you that this credential has so much meaning. Now you gotta let me share it, Leon. Yeah, okay, you go about that because this, this speaks right to it, right? What motivates our behavior? Oh, so, you know, okay. Now this was actually, um, was it coach client uh, confidential? <laughs> anyway, so here I was, uh, 2013 14, I joined Ram's uh, co um, cohort for one of the sessions. And uh, I walk in, I start, I was one of the senior most coaches. And um, everybody, pretty much everybody acknowledges for me 
being very masterful. So here, of course, the ego rises and says, wow, I'm really masterful. Now let's get acknowledged for being masterful by getting the MCC. Uh, India was very big into let's get the PCC, let's get the MCC. I was all driven by, um, I got to be the first MCC and the woman MCC and all that. Uh, I go chasing it. First coach, mentor coach, Janet Harvey. I pretty much after 10 sessions was tearing my hair. I was, she kept pushing me at, I'm eight and a half, not a 10. Oh my God, what's the 10? I don't know. <laughs> so at some point, I can't figure out what the 10 on 10 is. I change coaches. I get myself another coach. Um, I start figuring out that I had somewhere lost my mojo. Let's get it back. Now, uh, she, as a friend, I think nurtures me back. And I say, okay, now let's get serious and get the third coach. <laughs> Someone who will help me crack this system and figure out why am I not getting the MCC? Uh, we are into year three by then. <laughs> coach number three, year three. Talk of being persistent about getting the MCC. Uh, at some point, I you know, suddenly it hits me, what am I chasing? I'm really chasing my tail because all along, all I'm trying to chase is getting an external validation. What is an MCC? It served me to a point of learning perfect, but the day it started being, doing disservice to me in telling me how to be not myself, but everything that an assessor was telling me to be, but be myself. And I actually asked, and that's when I reached out to Leon and I said, you know, Leon, I think I need to talk through this To, And the question that came to me was, what is perfection? Because what is MCC? At what point will I reach it? What is mastery? What is perfection? And you cannot define it. The answer that came back is you can't confine, you can't define, you cannot. There is no concept of perfection. And I was actually doing nothing but chasing it. And the day I let it go, I think it was the best thing I did for myself because I was free from asking the world to tell me I'm masterful. I know whether I'm doing a coaching conversation okay or not. Some days it bums, some days it goes beautifully. But it's really for me to own up to it. Why do I need somebody else to tell me that? And... Uh, I had everybody asking me because obviously after you've been through three MCC coaches, you've told the whole world you're doing your MCC. I think I had the whole coach fraternity asking me what happened. And they wondered whether I dropped it or I said, no, I moved forward. And I think that was the best way. I let go. I really let go. I just let go of the need for approval, the need for to be what I'm not. And it saved me. So I'm not telling you don't do the MCC. I'm just saying find your, Ram will kill me for killing his business line. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to record that. No, that wasn't recorded. <laughs> <laughs> but no, really, it's about why are you doing it? How is it serving your learning journey? I think it's really about, is it transformative? Is it serving you to grow as a human being or is it really, are you doing it for 
to prove it, as he, you know, Leon said, to prove it to the world, to show them something. No, that's not what the purpose is. It's supposed so to be. So much behavior is motivated by that kind of thing, right? And this is what we talk and about. And it's tiresome. It's so, it so tiresome. Yeah. It is so, so tiresome. It's a perfect story of what it is to become authentic about your inauthenticities. It's perfect. Sorry, I heard another voice. Sorry, this is uh, Minakshi. There's a there's a question. I think that you you guys have touched on that. The question is: Does authentic mean we stay at a subconscious persona level or conscious? I don't know what a subconscious persona. I don't know what is. that question means, actually. To be honest. <laughs> Um, what does Shrida? Yeah, no, I think I would love if. Yeah, first of all, thank you, Kocharya. I graduated PCC with Kocharya uh, four years back, and uh, um, that's my connection with Kocharya. And uh, thank you, Ashu, and uh, thank you, uh, Leon. It's really, really wonderful listening to you and you know taking some notes. It's really. Uh, I'm going to do a lot of reflection after this. Um, see what I meant with the. Um, the subconscious, because the work in the past I've done as a you know, HR leader, uh, primarily in North America, we have done uh, using a tool called Insights. Some of you may be familiar with that. It has uh, you know color combination, and it talks about you know two types of persona, like a subconscious and conscious persona. And the subconscious is really about you know when you're uh, relaxed in the you know among your uh, dear ones and sipping a coffee or a you know, glass of wine, you are who you are. You don't really you know have uh, you don't take too much efforts to you know show who you are. Whereas uh, uh, when you're at a position, say at work, for example, it may demand certain level of uh, adjustments to the way your you know subconscious persona is. So that becomes a conscious persona. So that is really, you know, that is where I came up with this question. So when you're conscious, can you be, maybe uh, I just followed up with another question is that I feel that we as a human being, we do sway between these two conscious and subconscious persona. And um, yeah, suddenly if you are put in front of a prime minister of a country or president of a country, suddenly I don't know whether you can still stay uh, subconscious there. So you you become conscious and you know you're uh, you know put on spot. So given that, how authenticity, if at all, uh, would change between you know when you're subconscious or uh, conscious? Can I answer that, Leon? Can I take please, that? Please, please, yeah, do yeah. Okay. You know, when you talk of conscious or subconscious persona, if whether if I had to change it between the false ego and the true ego. Uh, the false ego is the one that is the conditioned thoughts and the true ego is the authentic self coming up. Now, once again, let me tell you the authentic self doesn't mean being disrespectful or not mindful of my role. So if I had to just take a, if like you said, I'm with the prime minister, will my persona or my demeanor change Yes, it's a formal conversation and that's authentic as well. Uh, will I immediately jump into being friendly with him? Uh, I may, I'll still be myself in how I have the conversation, but 
maybe a bit measured in how I take the conversation forward, depending on the relationship. And that's authenticity as well, because I'm still working through that relationship, understanding it. Uh, it's like a parent and a child does. You have to toggle between having a certain level of authority, friendship, and giving that space. But that doesn't mean that I'm inauthentic at any time. I'm simply being myself depending on the situation. It still doesn't take away the authenticity part of it for me. I hope that is that uh, answers the question for you, Sri Ram. For me, the distinction yes, comes. The dis distinction always comes for me is sort of what, what again gives rise to a persona, whether it's conscious or subconscious, what's giving rise to it. So for me, anytime something comes from some kind of a kernel of fear, then there's going to be some display of this an, an egoic based persona where it becomes some kind of either a defense mechanism or a way of demonstrating to the world in some way, my worth or place or whatever it might be. But what happens when people start becoming more and more truly deeply authentic is they come less and less from fear. They come more and more from just a core being essence, sort of whole and complete. And there becomes less of this movement from, well, this situation demands this and this demands that. It doesn't mean that there aren't movements in, in how they express, but there is an, a kind of consistency in where they're coming from within themselves. I think if I can just add a word here, I think they're at ease with themselves. I think that's really the word I would give. You're at ease with whatever the shifts that are occurring in how you are being sometimes. Or you're just at ease. You know that this is what it is. You need to be or do. Thank you for the question though, Shuram. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for the yeah, response. Great. Appreciate uh, it. Good. Thank yeah. you. We had a question for the group actually, just in, in, in the vein of that second question that we were speaking to about the, the, the value as coaches of really working with ourselves and with others to awaken authentic leadership. Um, and that is the question of how, like, how do we actually coach to authentic leadership? What facilitates that in another? But before we go to that question, we wanted to ask you this question. And that was, where have you seen um, what you've seen as the impact of authenticity and authentic leadership? Like when you've seen it, when you've witnessed it in the world. Oh, there we go. What have you seen as the impact of authenticity and authentic leadership in the world? Yeah, heightened levels of trust, right? We've been speaking about that in this trust grows. What else have you folks seen? There's some in the chat window as well. Um, so it says engagement and joined forces. People's hearts are touched. Creativity. Yeah. Authentic leadership attracts authentic people. Yes. Tend to experience an emotional response. Yeah. Okay. So here's so where true. I am going to give a flip side to this. And that is that people who are comfortable wearing a persona are uncomfortable with people who are so authentic sometimes. Yes. Uh, yeah. It is. Uh, it is jarring for them. Yes, and they might ask questions like, when is too much authenticity too much? Yeah, it is. 
<laughs> it is jarring for them and uh, that also requires compassion from a coach to understand and appreciate yeah. that your authenticity sometimes can be jarring for another yeah. who's yet to walk down that path or are they even willing to walk down that path exactly are they ready for it are they willing what are they challenged by how deep is their fear Mm. how deep is their belief system on if I shed this persona, then who am I? Because personas facilitate certain results that are desired. It might be a career path result. It might be a power position that I gain authority. It might be recognition. So personas and, uh, and and the, the, the egoic drives, serves certain results and authenticity may not be seen as the pathway to those results, right? That what is a certain result is it leads to humanness. You mentioned this actually, the human to human peace. That is a certain result of the authentic path, but not all people are seeking that degree of connection with other human beings. So you're right, as coaches, we have to recognize that we're not here to, uh, when we talk about this is the third question, right, is how do we coach to authenticity? You're right, we're not here to beat people on the head, saying, hey, you are acting really inauthentically. Could you change that? I've done it. Yeah, you could. But the reality is, many people, as you said, it's jarring, it's not in their radar, and it might not be something that they perceive as taking them where they want to go at this stage in their, in their life or their career. And a coach's authenticity lies in accepting that because mm. otherwise you're being judgmental. Yeah. You're being judgmental in expecting or asking somebody to be who they're not ready to be. Right. So let's talk about coaching presence because this is a big piece that you wanted to speak about in terms of the, how do we coach to authenticity? And so what is, what's the coach's role in getting that person to be more authentic? And you said, Leon, it's, it's about the coach. Letting them be. (laughs) And then you said it's about the coach. So So. speak to presence. This is so big. As big as yours right now. (laughs) <laughs> Good Sorry, one. I couldn't. Good one. <laughs> Just spontaneous. Just keep rolling. <laughs> this is not being recorded. <laughs> so, uh, so, a coach's presence is, you know, what I we talked about that ease. Uh, so today morning, for instance, um, I was I go for a walk every day in my building garden and. There is this lady who is, I think, at least 15 years senior to me, has her mask, shield. She is scared. I have no idea what prompted her to ask me that, let's go together for a weekend retreat. So, and I, if I had to really reflect on what is it about, I think it's just about giving another person the space to be themselves and find the right time to speak and connect and say what they want to, because it's not about me. 
it's about respecting her fear it's about accepting that's who she is and it's got nothing to do with me it's not and that's really what a presence is about it's not about bringing your ego self there it's uh, that only you know when you are in whole that space of wholeness acceptance and ease um you just there's a certain sense of spaciousness that the other person feels or experiences where you don't even have to say very much to establish a connection or a trust or um a rapport it just happens it literally emerges in the experience of or the presence of the other uh often especially in the indian culture we are very very uh we very much talk about the guru shishya relationship where we say you know you know who your guru is or you know because there's a certain chemistry why do we talk of chemistry conversations uh because it's that sense of relatability comfort safety belongingness it's so many words that i can really keep putting there where i have no problem being actually naked showing my vulnerability fully and that is the presence when that presence is experienced it's that openness is what allows another to go deep into themselves now that doesn't mean that you hold that presence and just sit there with it it means you actually know when it is the right time to just sit there and you know when it is the right time to dive in deep and ask a question or hold the mirror and share an observation a paradox be direct um as a coach if there's one thing i've experienced with many coaches is the hesitation to say it out to call out when you are true to yourself and you're really coming from that true self and you are sitting in service of another there is no right or wrong question it's simply sometimes a matter of taking permission to put it out there and you may be wrong it's okay but say it out if it is emerging from within try it out say hey something is coming up for me can i share it it could be premature it could be something you have really hit the mark on but be true to yourself and say it out because you're sitting there in service of another and i think that holding that anchored presence is really that's being anchored within yourself with your authentic inner voice is what helps an other tap into their inner voice and after that you don't need to as a coach ask them what are your action steps are you motivated are you committed oh no 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 none of that it just happens the rest just falls into place and it's okay if somebody you know i've had a client recently 
he's been procrastinating and sitting in grief for two years. Uh, the fact that he owned up to it was huge. He tried coming out of it. Uh, after three months, I asked him, I said, you're postponing every session. It's not going to help you. He pretty much to make me happy or to live up to a perceived expectation told me, okay, let's connect again. But I told him, I said, I'm not going to take the responsibility of following up. It's for you to decide do you want to or not. And he hasn't gotten in touch. It's really for me to accept he's not ready or he will show up when he's ready. I've made him aware of it. That's it. My role is done. So that ability to let go of an, a client or let go and not insist and push against a resistance. You know, when you're pushing against a resistance, you're bringing your ego self in. When you allow the resistance to dissolve itself, I think that is the beauty of that space. So what I hear and what you're saying, Ashu, for those listening in really around the question, are you an authentic anchored presence in this space with your clients? Yeah, absolutely. Right. That that is the core work of the coach in enabling or facilitating authentic awareness in another. That it, in a sense, it begins with the coach's own capacity to rest in that authentic anchored space. So I guess the question for all of us is always to be looking at how we show up in our coaching spaces and ask ourselves that question. If we are interested in deepening authentic connection with our clients, in facilitating or awakening authentic leadership behavior in those we work, or even just having conversations that feel more real and authentic that are not just at the surface level, then it begins with us. You know, and my programs, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, sorry. And I think how comfortable are, is somebody being on inauthentic is your, in your presence also speaks a lot about your own authenticity. Mm. Yeah. Uh, if they are okay with it and you are okay with it, I think that itself is a gift in itself. Yeah. Yeah. And people will share with you the most intimate of their inner reality when they feel with you that expansive, authentic, anchored, non-judgmental, open, perhaps even we could say even loving presence. I've had people share with me over the years, remarkable intimacies. And I, and I know it's not just because you say, well, you're a coach. So people just share this stuff with their coach. I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe that any coach can evoke others to express what is really heavy, perhaps, or intimate in their, in, their, in, their, in their life and in their heart. It takes a certain degree of presence and authenticity from the coach. And when that is there, I think what you're saying, Ashley, essentially is by doing that, we're giving permission to people to open in a vulnerable way to themselves. And then finding out that there is this freedom in that vulnerability, that there's a strength that resides in them that they may not have known before that personas appear to give, 
that we show up in certain ways, looking this way or acting this way, that this appearance of strength is, but when we start to drop all that and we connect to that true core strength, and you know, when we come back to talking about leadership and organizations, I mean, where we're going these days in this world is into a place where so much is unknown and so much is uncertain. And there's going to be, you can tell there's going to be some real driving to get things back on track in organizational life. Leaders are going to pick up and say, yeah, we got to, we got to hit these marks. We've been a year and a half without revenue, without profit, whatever it might be, we got to get back on track. And there's going to be a real kind of drive to hit these marks. And it may very well be that in that drive to return to some kind of solvency, again, the humanity is lost. But for me, I'm looking at this as an opportune time to really start to, to say, okay, given this upheaval and look what's happened, is this an opportunity to reevaluate how we actually lead in organizational life, given all of this? Yeah, so, you know, talking of corporate world, one of the biggest pains that leaders are going through is having to let go of people. Uh, often they are blamed or I hear many webinars of, oh, can't they be creative? And uh, they do have a responsibility to the organization as well. It is, yes, they're responsible to the people, but in good times, if they've hired, if the you know, core strength of the team is 5,000 and they cannot retain the 5,000 and they have to let go of the 1,000 to keep the 4,000, it's not an easy decision or place to be. Uh, should it be the first decision? Maybe not. Is it sometimes possibly taken on as the first decision? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Can it be delayed? Can it be handled better? I think that is the part. Uh, can Is it really taken as a decision after trying out everything else? And is it handled after that in the best possible way? So it's a lot about that empathy and uh, appreciating, and actually sometimes even putting it out there. Uh, there have been some amazing uh, letters from leaders in the last few months that have gone public, you know, when they've had to revisit the whole business strategy and how they really talked about it not being like Airbnb. It's not the first choice, but the whole model blew up in their faces. Tourism industry, travel and tourism has been the worst hit. How long can they hold on? Because there's really no end in sight. Um, it's a painful decision, but sometimes you have to take it to release people even of that hope that we will carry on and they can start otherwise finding new solutions for themselves. You know, one has to even look at it as, am I being of service to my people, but just, just pretending and living in denial. So often there are very harsh judgments that are passed on uh, and I've heard, but if I look from a very societal perspective, how much do we owe to the society and how much does the society owe to us? I think that's the question I would really ask is, uh, we always, we all, I think there's often an expectation that comes of, I'm owed. I'm owed. Yeah. Yeah. But that's for another day. 
So I want to leave everyone just with this one piece that you said to me once was kind of coming back to this. Idea oh my God. Presence. Now, okay. Now, you said this to me. This is brilliant. I think I'm just going to leave everyone with this thought. You said presence pierces personas. Ah, that one. Yes. Presence pierces personas. Right. Yeah. And this is right at the core of it. Now, does it, you also spoke about being direct. Another big piece is do we as coaches have the courage to be direct as we pierce the persona? So it may just not be presence, but the way that we speak to leaders about the way we recognize how they're showing up through persona or through inauthenticity or through ego patterns or through power plays or wherever it might be, do we have the courage to speak directly and to say, this is what I witness in you? So when, you know, Leon talks about presence pierces persona, it really emerges from first and its self-experience and then goes on to maybe finding a certain uh, strength in what I saw as a weakness. Uh, my persona was pierced. I don't even know if I should use the word pierced or shattered by my coach, uh, when I walked up to her and asked her, if you were to coach me, what would you say? And the first question that she threw at me was, whose acceptance are you waiting for? And at that point, it, it was like as if the whole world's image just floated in front of my head and I said, everyone. It was the most difficult question to deal with but i think it was the most it was the highest act of love and compassion that i experienced because it changed my life forever i used my strength or my ability to honestly express my opinion to changing it to being honest when needed most and that's what i changed it to being fearlessly honest when needed most uh, because it's not about acceptance it's not about approval why am i saying what i'm saying and if you're coming from the purest space of the authentic self it it hits it it really strikes where it needs to without being hurtful judgmental anything because it just is, it just lands as is meant. Yes, yeah. 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 Well, that's a perfect note. Why don't we, why don't we end it on that note? Because we wanted to give some time for questions. Are you okay with that, Ashley? Do you feel like? Absolutely. I hit that pause in any Yeah. Would you like to ask a question, Minakshi? For me, I think more than a question, what you shared about being fearlessly honest when it's needed the most. And I actually typed that in, in the chat window. Um, I think that's what that from you. And then this phrase of the non-ego self from what Leon said in the earlier in the conversation, those are my two big takeaways. Um, and the reason for that is um, I've always known myself to be a, what you see is what you get kind of person. So, um, uh, and I think the learning for me today is the, the 
the why am I being honest piece. Um, so um, my definition of authenticity that I've held true for myself has been further re refined today. Um, the adding the layer of what is the value that I'm bringing. So I, I, I feel like I have, I use all of these pieces when I engage with people, not just in coaching conversations and otherwise as well, where, um, you know, you'll be the, uh, you'll see me either as the most uh, outgoing extroverted person or the quietest person in the room. And I can be either depending on what's happening around me. And I rarely say something if I, I, it doesn't add value. But the layer of why am I being honest? I think that's that's pierced my persona, if I may <laughs> borrow your word. <laughs> thank you for that. I will say Absolutely. thank you for that. Yeah, very Absolutely. good. Absolutely. Yes, good. we have two questions, Leon. Yep. Yes, I'll read and the first one out. Yeah. In case, what are some signs a person is living through an inauthentic persona? All yours. Well. Just to clarify, uh, for the most part, I find all personas inauthentic. So <laughs> I, I don't really define a persona as something authentic. Like for me, authenticity is our capacity to let go of personas. So mm -hmm. this is just my own interpretation of the persona is something that I have chosen to carry or wear uh, as, as a means of, it's kind of like a mask to the world way of demonstrating or showing my worth, my value, my goodness, my place, my rightness, my superiority, my power, my strength, whatever it may be. So I always use as kind of a marker of inauthenticity, what I, what I sense as someone's egoic self coming forward. And that can be, again, anything that is motivated by what feels like, at a, at a core level, a fear. Even a sign of helplessness, when you say, I don't know, is it really coming from a place of curiosity and not knowing or a sense of helplessness and powerlessness? Right. That exactly. again is the ego self coming in and not the authentic self. Authentic self, right. So anything that when a person, you ask what kind of signs, for me, the signs are that, that a person is, in a sense, putting their egoic face forward, which means that you... you when you, when you spend a lot of time in a space with people and you start to get a sense very quickly of, is this, is this who they are? Is this raw, real human? So anytime someone's a, feels to me, not really human or present or open and just there's an energy, there's a vibration that it, it, for me, it feels off. It's and guarded. I, it's what? Guarded. Guarded is a big one. Guarded, defensive, aggressive, attacking, any of that, all fear-based, you know, uh, behavior all becomes kind of like a shell of, of defense that we've erected to keep ourselves again, safe, secure, um, in some capacity. Again, that's just coming from that core fear that, that, that we're unsafe or we're not secure, that we can be hurt. So for me, those are the kind of the symptoms, uh, signals rather of inauthentic living. So again, it doesn't mean we don't have fears, okay? This is not to say that authentic people are fearless. It's they're authentic about their inauthenticities. So the fears are not hidden and masked and guarded and put out as something that they're not. They're, it's, it's that I'm completely afraid right now and I feel it. And there's an ability to be just with the fears and authentic about their own inauthenticities. Right? 
So it's you're good. okay about being a hypocrite. Basically, that's the thing. In those moments, yeah. Because <laughs> isn't, isn't that the paradox? One of life's great paradoxes. Yeah. Yeah. Perfectly okay being imperfect. Yeah. How does one infuse spirit in all this? Can it open a new frontier? That's yours, Leon. No, 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 no. I answered the last one. Over to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I passed. <laughs> she's, she's passing on this one. Well, of course, it depends how people define spirit, VJ, right? It depends on that. So spirit, I use that term really broadly because I don't want to impose my own personal spiritual views on people, but people can define spirit in any way they want. Maybe even think of it as spirituality or spiritual energy, or if you have a God concept or, or you don't, right? These things all matter. Um, for me personally, the, mo the, the most authentic people that I have met have rich spiritual lives. It's almost as though as we awaken to the higher existence of our own reality, we begin to sense the soul level within ourselves, the soul level within others. And we begin to recognize that there is this reservoir we could call our spiritual nature that exists. So tapping into that, and becoming at home in that, in, in a more soulful way of living and, and, and relating is, is how I would say spirit or spirituality becomes woven into authenticity, that they're not really separate processes, but to become authentic is to know yourself at a core level. And at a core level, we are spiritual beings if you hold to that worldview, of course, if you don't, well, then that's all up in the air. But if we, if you hold to that, <laughs> so that's just a brief thought on it. Yeah. So one of the ways to infuse what you call spirit or really look, go down this path is contemplation, being with yourself. Mm. How comfortable are you having a conversation, not a chatter, but really a conversation where you keep asking yourself the question, at the deepest level, going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And the one thing, and that's when you know when, you know, when your body is not at ease, you know you're still running in circles with yourself. When you are totally aligned is when you know that you are with your inner self. Um, you're relaxed, your body's not stiff, you're not hassled, agitated. There's, and I think the biggest uh, mm. thing I tell myself when I'm trying to convince myself of something, it's best not to do it. Because then I'm simply trying to repeatedly uh, tell myself that I need to, I need to, I need to. I think I'm going falling in that trap. I just know it then you're really coming from that inner space where there's really no question, no doubt. There's complete trust. And that's, what, that's why the word trust keeps coming back because when you are operating from that space of trust, you're able to exude, exhibit, create trust. So, uh, thanks to this whole uh, concept, you know, chasing this perfection that I talked about, I'm actually launching my book titled, I Am Perfection, Live Life Joyfully, uh, which is actually in honor of 
the inner perfection. It's embracing the inner perfection and accepting that an acknowledgement of that the external world is perfect as is at all times because it's a mirror to what I hold within. Congratulations. That is, a re that is, that is really like this month launching, right? Your yep. book. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Available on Amazon? Yes, it is available on Amazon. There we go, folks. So, if you want to look into and it. And you yeah. will get to read the story of my MCC there. <laughs> <laughs> In living color. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, it looks like as, as we're wrapping up here, I just want to say thank you for everybody for coming, for joining us. Uh, you can always reach out to Ashu and me in different ways and continue the conversation, essentially. If there's some way that we can support you and the questions you're asking around all of this, do, do reach out. I'd be happy to, to connect with you. Uh, I echo that sentiment completely and thank you very much. And thank you, Minakshi, for being here for us today. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you to Kocharya and all the participants. It's been a pleasure to be here. And here's the thing. I just my, One last thing, folks, before we go. In, in, in November, I'll be running a course through Kocharya called Awakening Being Level Leadership Awareness. Not quite the same title as our webinar today, Awakening Being Level Leadership Awareness. I think it's like November 8th or 9th, we're going to have this course starting through Kocharya. So stay tuned for details on that. Uh, certainly on our website, I'll put that out there uh, into our communities as well. So that may be of interest to some of you who want to take this that we've talked about today and go much further with it through uh, some coursework. Okay, so that's it for me. I am done. Thank you so much, everyone. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Rashu. Yes. Wonderful to be here with you today. Thank you both. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. Thank, Thank you all for your help. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, folks. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. You can listen and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We launch new episodes weekly. To learn more about coaching, leadership, and self-development, visit us at kocharya.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-A-R-Y-A.com. See you next time.